There was a Polish-born American psychologist named Milton Rokeach, and he was a professor at Michigan State University, and he was mostly he was famous because he wrote a book about the Ypsilanti, I don't know if I'm saying it right, the state hospital in Michigan, where he was studying these three, he worked there, and there were three guys there that all had um, delusional uh, fantasies. So anyways, he, he was in group therapy. He thought they would, could cure each other. They didn't in the end, by the way, but he thought maybe they could cure each other. So he made this uh, group therapy with these three guys. And uh, they were Leon, Clyde, and Joseph. And uh, so one of them, Leon, says, I'm the Messiah. And so the, the doctor, Dr. Rukeach, says, well, how do you know you're the Messiah? And Leon says, because God told me. And Clyde says, no, I didn't. Okay, every truth has a little joke. This week's Parsha, you're going to see where I'm going. This week's Parsha, Balak, it was called Balak. Balak hires Bilam. Bilam is supposed to curse the Jews. It doesn't happen that way. He ends up blessing the Jews. And in those blessings are all types of uh, prophecies. And one, one theme in the prophecies of Bilam are, are prophecies of Mashiach, of the Messianic redemption. And one of the things it says over there uh, is, Ve'yerd... Miyankiv vehevid sorid meir. Rashi says, what does that mean? A ruler will come forth from Jacob, that means the Jewish people. Actually says, There will be another Jewish ruler, another in addition to whom? In addition to David Amalek, King David, who Bilam had prophesied, prophesied about earlier, and then he prophesies about, uh, about David's descendant, Mashiach. And uh, Rashi continues and says that this is a reference to Mashiach. Why? Because this is the same wording that we find in Kapitolayan base of Tilim, Psalms chapter 72, where it says, Shenemer it says there about Mashiach, Veyerd miyom ad yom, and he will rule from sea to sea. So, Veyerd miyankiv, the, he, he will rule, a ruler will, will, will arise from, the Jacob, uh, from Jacob, from the Jewish people. Ve'yerd is the same word. Ve'yerd me'yom ad yom. He will rule from sea to sea, which is talking about Mashiach in, in that uh, chapter of, of Psalms. So, I just want to talk a little bit about that description of Mashiach that's in uh, the 72nd chapter of Psalms. And just, we'll start maybe asking a couple of very, maybe technical questions, but one of them is, why is that the description? It's basically saying Mashiach is going to rule the world. So just say he's going to rule the world. Why does it say he'll rule from sea to sea? It seems like a very laborious way of of saying it. In fact, it goes on, Uminahar, Adafse Odits, and from the river until the ends of the earth, just say he'll rule the whole world. But also, what's Miyam Adyam, from sea to sea? Like, what are you talking about a sea. Is Mashiach going to be the admiral of a navy? It means he'll rule the world, and that means all the lands of the world, all the countries. Countries technically, you know, are, are, are land. Most people tend to, most people tend to live on, on land. So what are we talking about water at all for? Okay. And maybe, like I said, maybe these are technical questions, but if we can have some insight about this language that it uses when it describes Mashiach, what it's going to help us do is understand our own role in bringing Mashiach and what we need to do in order to bring about 
perfection in the world, which obviously is very important. So, let me start off with a story. A story I just heard recently, actually. Um, there was a guy in 770 walking around telling everybody that he's Mashiach. Now, interesting characters always uh, came to 770. Um, in fact, you can ask people who know 770 what the magnet is, okay? Um, there seems to be a magnetic attraction to interesting characters. Anyway, so this guy was going around saying he's Mashiach, a guy from France, a French guy. This was in the times when the Rebbe was seeing people for Yechidus. And anyone could see the Rebbe for Yechidus. It wasn't like you had to be a special person, rich or famous or powerful. Anyone could you know, just sign up and you have to wait your turn, but anyone could get in. So this guy signed up for Yechidus. And uh, you know, they, they, they let him in. But the secretaries were very worried about it because the guy wasn't, he, he obviously wasn't a stable person. So the problem was this. Rabbi Groner, all of a shalom, he wanted to stand by the door the whole time and watch just to make sure the guy didn't do anything you know, out of line. But the guy only spoke French. Now, the Rebbe spoke French, so that wasn't a problem for the Rebbe to communicate with him in French. But Rabbi Groner couldn't understand what they were saying to each other, and he wanted to make sure that this guy was behaving himself with the Rebbe. So Rabbi Groner went and he started looking around for a bacher in 770 who speaks French. So he starts looking around the yeshiva bacher, you know, the, the full-time students there, and he found one guy who spoke French, and he says, listen, I need your help, come. So he says... I need you to stand here where I normally stand, right? Rabbi Goner would come to the door and like, let people know their time is coming to an end. So, uh, in their time in Yechidus. Um, so he's like, you got to stand here, you got to stand by the door, and I need you to listen to everything that's going on and just make sure the guy doesn't get out of line. So this Bacher had this totally unique experience of watching a whole Yechidus. And then probably even more unique, a Yechidus like this with, with a person like this. Anyways, he comes out, everyone mobs him. Tell us what happened, what happened. They all want to hear. Tell us about the Yechidus. So he says, I'll tell you, it's very interesting. First thing is the guy tells the Rebbe, Je suis Mashiach. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. I don't speak French. Comment ça va? That's my extent of my French. Um, you know, I'm Mashiach. So the Rebbe says to him, tell me something. Do you uh, put on tefillin every day? guy says, no. The rabbi says, well, how could Mashiach not put on tefillin every day? You, you, you should start putting on tefillin every day. Then the rabbi asks the guy, do you, uh, do you keep Shabbos? The guy says, no, I don't keep Shabbos. The rabbi says, how could Mashiach not keep Shabbos? You've you got to st start keeping Shabbos. Then the rabbi asks him, do you eat kosher? He says, no, I don't eat kosher. He says, come on, how could Mashiach not eat kosher? You have to start keeping kosher. And that was basically the whole interaction. There's so much, there's such a wealth of lessons that can be taken from this little story. But uh, just one thing, I mean, there's so much. You could fabreng on this for, for a whole evening. But just one thing I think is remarkable is, the guy says, I'm a sheikh. The Rebbe didn't debate with him. You are, you aren't. The Rebbe asked him about his Torah mitzvahs. Shabbos, kashas, tefillin. And although, obviously... This is just theory, and who can analyze the actual thought process? We, we, we don't know. We have no idea. But 
I'm just saying to try to take from this story a lesson for ourselves. It does make sense, according to Chassidus, that there is such an idea of everybody being a little bit Mashiach. What do I mean by that? The Rebbe quoted this very often. There's actually a, teach, a teaching from the Moere Nayim, which is uh, the Holy Rebbe, Rebbe Menachem Nochem Chernobyler, the Chernobyler Rebbe. And the Chernobyler writes that the Yechidah Shebenefesh, the soul root, or the core of the soul of every Jew, is the Nitzot Shel Mashiach that's in him. That each one of us has a spark of Mashiach. Every one of us, every Jew, has a spark of Mashiach within us. And what's, what's relevant about the spark of Mashiach within us? Well, you know, the whole world is run midah keneged midah, measure for measure. Where do you think Shakespeare got it from? And especially when it comes to Mashiach, it's very, very much measure for measure. What do I mean? Pedaglamet Zion of Tanya, chapter 37 of Tanya, the Alter Rebbe tells us everything that's going to happen when Mashiach comes and the resurrection of the dead, all this, this amazing uh, spiritual revelation that's going to happen in, in, in this world when, when, when the world is perfected, that's not just something that comes at the end of history following all the work we did during the time of exile. It's not just comes this point and then this point. One is an outgrowth of the other so that it's literally cause and effect. The work that we do in exile, trying to serve Hashem as best we can under the conditions of exile, literally engenders, produces, yields, as a result, the, the world, the, the way it will be like when Mashiach comes. So, what we do here now in exile creates the reality, what it'll be like when, when Mashiach is here. Measure for measure. So, what does that mean? It means that there's Mashiach in the macro and Mashiach in the micro. In the macro, that means the, the true and complete final redemption for the entire world. But on the micro level, that means each one of us has a Mashiach-like potential, and each one of us has a, has a potential um, Mashiach revelation in our lives, that, that, that we're living our lives toward. In other words, a, a personal redemption. And then when each one of us individually has our personal redemption, that means we bring out all of our latent potentials and we really live up to, to, to the, the abilities that we were given. If we all do that as individuals, then collectively there's this critical mass or this tipping point where it becomes Mashiach on the macro level for the entire universe. So now we can understand what does it mean. This is all describing things that have to happen within each individual in order for each one of us to bring out our Mashiach potential, which then accumulates or cumulatively becomes Mashiach for the entire world. This is, this is the formula. This is the, this is the process. The first thing is, you have to rule from sea to sea. What is the sea? Within each one of us, we have dry land and sea. What's dry land and what's sea? Dry land means that which is revealed. The sea means that which is hidden. You see the dry land, you don't see the seabed. The seabed's covered with the sea. So you, there are, there are, there's the me that you can observe. The outside observer looks and, and you see who you think I am. But then there's the me that nobody could see because it's, it's internal. The sea means all the stuff that nobody else knows about me because it's, it's potential. 
It's inside of me. I didn't bring it out yet. And I have to rule that by aligning all of that to Hashem's will. But there's not just one sea, there are two seas. From one sea to the other sea. What are the two seas? The prophet Zechariah says that when Mashiach comes, a spring of water is going to come out from Yerushalayim, and it's going to go from the Yam HaKadmeini to the Yam HaAcharein. Now usually that's translated as the East Sea to the West Sea. But also, Kadmeini and Acharein can mean the first and the last. The first sea and the last sea. If a sea is the hidden potential, the potential within me that's covered up, like the water covers the ocean bed, then there are two major potentials that I have to really be cognizant of. The first sea and the last sea. My first potential and my final potential. The Asakeiches and Nefesh, the ten soul powers. Talked about them in Siddhis, but the, the, usually the source is chapter 3 of Tanya. Um, the Asakeiches and Nefesh, which correspond to the Asasphiros. The first of them is Chochmah, invention, inspiration. That's the Yam HaKadmeni, the first sea the first hidden potential within me, my ideas. Then there's the last one, the final one, the Yamuacharein, the last hidden potential. That's Malchus, or Maise, the potential, the capacity for action, for behavior. So on a personal micro level means to become a Mashiach-like ruler within myself from one sea to the last sea, from the first sea to the last sea, from my Chochmah to my Malchus, from my mind to my actions. To align it all in one straight shot with integrity. Integrity means to be integrated. So this, from my, from my mind to my actions, it's all consistently aligned to Hashem's will. That's the first step. But that's not enough. You know why? Because to rule from sea to sea just means I'm mastering myself. Maybe it's just totally insular. I've mastered myself and it's just for myself. It's not affecting the world. So then it has to be, umi nohor adaf the Nahar, what's the Nahar? So the Ibn Ezra says on the chapter 72 of Psalms over there that the river is the river that comes out from Gan Eden. Gan Eden was where Adam, the first man, was placed to, to, to work it and to guard it. What that means is each one of us has a responsibility to work and to guard the garden. The whole world is a garden. Hashem's garden. So it's not just enough to take personal responsibility over myself as an individual, but then I also have to see to it that my sphere of influence is expanded from the Nahar that comes out from Eden, the Garden of Eden that I was given to guard and to protect and to, to, to work within. I'd say, oh, it's to the ends of the world to have global influence. You know, back in the shtetl, if you told an individual that, that, that they could have global influence, it's a, it's a fantasy, it's a dream. Even 20 years ago, you would tell somebody you could have global influence. Today, just a person pushes a button, and puts a post on social media, and, and the whole world can see it. So we know what it means to have global influence. And that's what it is. Ve'yed miyom ad yom, to rule from your chokhmah to your malchus, from your ideas to your action. Then minohar, the, the river coming out from, from, from the Garden of Eden, meaning to treat the world like, like a garden and take responsibility to it. And afseod, it's to the ends of the world. That means to have global influence. And if each one of us will do that in a Mashiach-like way on our own personal level, then cumulatively, there'll be Mashiach in the whole world for all of us. Maybe now.